Hi, I'm Grace Beeson. I'm a professional relationship coach trained in authentic leadership. Each week, I come to you on the Because Why Not podcast with stories from my own life of things I've experienced, things I've read, learned, anecdotes of every day, and that I hope that you will learn from or at least have a good laugh about. So thanks for tuning in. I really appreciate your support. Would love it if you'd leave a review on iTunes or Google Podcasts or anywhere that you listen regularly and subscribe. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the episode. Hello, happy holidays. She says sarcastically, how are you? I'm coming to you very, very irritated for many reasons, but I'm mostly hungry. I'm on day two of intermittent fasting. Yeah, we'll see how long this lasts and how it goes and I'll report back. But like you, I'm sure I've heard about this for months and months and months and months and more and more people around me are doing it with great results. And this week I thought, why not me? At least if I'm going to hide in the pantry and binge Christmas cookies so I don't feel my feelings, I can do it within a set number of hours during the day. (sighs) Seems like a good plan. So I'm on day two and it's 11 a.m. I haven't eaten since 7 p.m. yesterday. Just finished an amazing yoga class, which is my favorite. Um, as I've shared a lot before and it really was like a game changer mentally for me, that class and saw a dear friend and just loved it. And I was laughing to myself during it that last Friday I was in too bad of a mood to go. Like I'd had another argument with my eight year old. I was feeling down in the dumps and I couldn't even go to yoga because I was too upset like couldn't get myself to go to the one thing, the one hour in one week that I know is going to make me feel better. So I think I was just, you know, choosing to sit in my own shit and feel bad. And I think my lesson of this week for myself and maybe for you guys too, is that sometimes you have to sit in your own shit. Sometimes you just need to feel terrible and you feel toxic inside everyone around you feels toxic it feels like everyone's making it worse or pressing your every button it feels like you're the most impatient ever okay I'm just gonna start speaking for myself because I'm speaking for myself I feel that all of my buttons are being pushed by everyone around me as if all my buttons are lit up. I feel that I'm incredibly impatient. I feel irritable. I feel hungry. I feel overwhelmed. I feel like my list is so long and getting longer, even though I've mailed packages off this week and done 150 other things. Um... 
I think the packages and the list relates to the broader subject of Christmas and the holidays and truly how much they actually suck or how much they can suck. And I just really want to be honest with that today. Upfront, honest, clear, not mincing words, sharing how much Christmas can suck and bring out the absolute worst in people and myself, not unlike weddings. Weddings bring out the absolute worst in people. And the great irony about weddings and holidays is that they are supposed to be filled with joy. You remember the last podcast I did where I was talking about Thanksgiving and feel the joy, you know, and, and as conscious and mindful and aware and everything as I am about how I want to be and move through the holidays and experience things differently this time. The reality is that it is Number one, it takes time to make change and create change in your own life. It does not happen overnight, especially when you've been experiencing Christmas for this will be my, what, 44th Christmas. So just pressing a button and reprogramming myself like a robot to do and feel and experience things differently this time is not going to happen overnight. It is a conscious effort. Um... But I want to say that I've been putting tons of pressure on myself in the way that I do with everything always and in the way that I used to place great pressure on making Christmas special and doing all the things and doing the big parties and decorating the cookies and listening to the music and being with friends and decorating the house and buying all the presents and wrapping and mailing and Fala la 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 fucking lolling all day long. I am putting great pressure on myself this year to do less and to feel less stress and strain about the holidays and to be more conscious and present and aware. And let me just say that <laughs> that is no less miserable than the alternative. It feels just as hard because every time I'm not able to be calm and conscious and aware and enlightened and, you know, just feeling the joy rather than focusing on the people and the plans and the stuff. Every time I let myself down or let's say every time I don't do it, I feel so let down and like I'm letting myself down. I'm letting everyone down. So World War III was created in my house on Sunday when we decorated gingerbread houses and it was really like so creative and fun and I had the best time and, but it culminated in the boys being themselves and being jerks and fighting with each other and making each other cry and just doing what they do. Like they are either in love and the best of friends and like have each other's backs 150% or they are at war and it's it's 25% of the time when it's in the middle. I oh maybe 50% of the time. 
But it's just that the the two polar extremes, the opposite ends of the stick, are so, they are so different and so extreme. So they were fighting and making each other cry. And then Court told me that he ate Than's chocolate out of Than's advent calendar. And it was the second time in two days he had told me that he had done that. And I got so mad. I was just like, literally, what's wrong with you? That's what I always want to say to my kids. What is wrong with you? And sometimes I do say it. And that's like the meanest thing you can say. Because number one, there's nothing wrong with them. They're kids. And I'm going to make them think that there's something wrong with them. Two, it's such a mean thing to say and ask because you're implying, inferring, suggesting, telling that there is something wrong with them. And then they have to go and figure it out, like go sit in their room and think like, what's wrong with me? What's actually wrong with me? Like, that's just not a great place to come from as a parent. Am I right? Like, so I try not to say that, but I was just like, really? You ate the chocolate in the advent calendar again? And then it's like super triggering for me because Court's obsessed with sugar and I do not want to say he's a sugar addict. I am trying to change that language so much with myself and I don't want anyone saying to him or me saying you're addicted to sugar because guess what kids believe what you tell them tell them you're addicted to sugar that's what they're going to take on I was told my whole life I was overweight I was told I was bad at math I was told I was impatient I was told I was bad with my money and guess what you take that on you manifest it you create it it grows, it becomes who you are or who you think you are. And I do not want court taking on, I am addicted to sugar. I have no control. I can't stop what I put in my mouth. Um, I just, that language was really destructive um, for me growing up. And that is something I'm trying to change. So, but it was super triggering because I do have that feeling of like, why can't you stop yourself from eating the chocolate in the oven calendar? Because I couldn't stop myself. But you know what? He's a kid. Like he wants candy. He wants sugar. And does it make him feel good? Yes. It's the same thing that we all do with wine, with food, with shopping, blah, blah, blah. I digress. So I got mad at him. And then I was just like super crabby. And then my husband came home and he was like super playful and in a great mood because he's had some drinks with friends. And I was like, I'm not feeling playful. I haven't been drinking. And the boys have been fighting and rah, rah, rah. So it started, you know, World War Three, which in the in my house this year has happened like, like 10 times. So maybe we're on like World War. I don't What What is that? We're on World War three, four, five, six, seven, eight, twelve. 12. Um, but then my husband was like, you're taking everything out on me. And I was like, maybe that's true. But I was here dealing with the kids arguing for an hour. You were having fun with your friends. Just be grateful you had that time with your friends. If you walk into a shit show, sorry. Like sometimes that happens. So it turned into that whole discussion of I'm not perfect. I have flaws. I am working on myself so many hours a day, coaching, being coached, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, and I'm just not perfect. Are we, are any of us perfect? Are we striving per, for perfection? I think we all agree that we are no longer striving for perfection. Or let me say, I am no longer striving for perfection. But here is the problem. The holidays, well, I may be an evolved human being who has had a lot of realizations and is experiencing things in life very differently now and is far more conscious and I am able to go from my head into my heart and into that pilot light, inner self, inner being, awareness to the place, to that being that doesn't need or want or desire, just is, it's really hard to turn that off like a switch with the holidays. And so when the kids are, you know, going to these fun festivities and decorating the houses and, you know, just just sort of like doing all the things that we want to be doing at the holidays and then they turn around and act like big fat jerks, it does bother me more than it did in July. It really bothered me in July. You can go back to that episode when I was on vacation in the mountains. But I do think there's something that I take personally anyway, which I'm working on letting go of, but also at the holidays when I'm thinking about everything that's being provided for them. And it does feel so loaded in so many ways of like, we work so hard for this money that we spend on you and buy you the stuff. And then I feel like you're unappreciative and you're a brat, but are you a brat and spoiled? Um, and do you need to be told that? Or is this what I've created in this house? And so therefore I am completely responsible for your behavior. So at the same time that I'm trying to um, help you undo your spoiled, entitled behavior. I'm also recognizing that by raising you the way that I have, I've created that behavior within you. So it feels more complex at the holidays and complex in general. And I just think parenting is, uh, yeah, newsflash. Like, is this something that you've never heard before or realized? Parenting is hard. Parenting is one of the hardest things you could ever, ever do. And um, so I'm just going to leave that right there. But Christmas and the holidays are just hard because you, you just are doing so much. And even if you take five big things off your list of 10 big things that you normally do, as I have and as I am doing, it, it, it's just still a lot and it's cultural and it's around us. And so what I'm here to tell you is that I am not alone. <laughs> you are not alone. A wonderful, amazing thing about the last two weeks. It's funny. My weeks keep adding up. I keep saying I've had a hard week. Like I've had a hard couple weeks. I'm feeling a lot of feelings. I'm experiencing a lot of things. Now it's been like a month. <laughs> it's been like a month. I've been feeling kind of bad. Um, but it's been coupled or combined with, or really it's come along with such good feelings and such really strong learning and awareness. And so that's what I want to share with you, um, is that I have made time for during this time that's busy, 
with expectations and plans for my family or my children that I'm creating and also trying to cut down on. Um, And with this time that I have with not having events and with creating my coaching business and clients and working on workshops I'm going to be doing and, um, you know, my podcasting and all, I have um, time to myself that I may not have usually had, or maybe I'm using it differently or more wisely. And what that's looked like for me is over the last two to three weeks, um, several wonderful um, time with or coffee dates with friends. And it's been people I used to work with, you know, in the wedding planning industry. And um, it's been um, friends that I never see. It's been new friends. It's been mom friends from school, whatever it is, I've been saying yes to that. And sometimes these conversations have lasted two hours. And I think to myself, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. My list is too long. Or I've stayed on the phone with someone for an hour. They've stood on the phone with me, you know, like they've carved out that time for me and I've had to be really mindful about it. Like there are times when it just flows. And then there are times where I'm like, I should end this conversation because my list is long, but I've been leaning into the conversations wherever they are. And it's been really amazing because they've been coming my way, like people seeking me out for, um, guidance or for just conversation or to catch up or to get to know each other better or to mentor or to whatever it is. And I've been really, really, um, taking the time to do that. And I want to just say that those conversations have been the very most uplifting and valuable, um, part of my world and my life over the last really month, um, especially two weeks and especially the last week. Um, I am so, so happy that I've been doing that. I'm so thankful for the people who have reached out to me because they are coming to me with full intention, strong intentions, full selflessness, just wanting to not complain necessarily, but like be there, hold the space with me to talk about the things that they're feeling like really feeling in their hearts and, um, ask me what I'm really feeling in my heart. And it's been really, really amazing. And I have felt so fulfilled and filled up, uplifted just good, just really, 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 really good when I walk away from those conversations. And I've laughed and I've cried and I have learned so much. And I just want to say that I'm really grateful for every friend I have ever had, whether they have gone by the wayside because of me moving or because of, I don't know, distance or college ending or uh, time in our life changing, um, us growing as individuals. I'm so grateful for every friendship that I've had because it really and truly has played such an important role in my life. And I've grown and learned so much from it. Um, and, 
And I just really realized with this time that I've spent with these incredible people over the last couple of weeks, very mindfully, it has been like this form of therapy for me, especially during the holidays. So I just want to thank each of you for that, who has been with me and who may be listening and just also want to put that out to the universe that that time has been so valuable and wonderful for me. And I'm just so grateful. Um, I'm sorry if you hear my stomach growling. It's, it's, it's rough right now around here, um, with my stomach, but, um, I'm here with you and that is helping me move through the hunger and the uncomfortable feelings. Um, and so the other side of that with the conversations with the friends that I really want to share is that every single person I've been with has been sharing their own experiences even if I haven't said anything first about how hard the holidays are. And so I just want to say it's a very common feeling. And I am in this moment speaking to moms and dads. Um, actually, no, I don't want to say that I haven't been with any men other than my husband. And he has a very, a very different view on everything than I do. It's a, it's a commonplace thing for moms and women. And I'm speaking to women who are generally my age. Um, women, I think, and moms take it on in a different way. Women, I'm going to make sweeping generalizations here. Women approach their lives, generally speaking, in a much more emotional way. And so whether you have children or not, you lead more emotionally. And so you and we are more likely to approach the holidays with all of the thoughts and feelings of holidays in our past. Um, so if we have happy, joyous feelings from the past, we want to recreate them. If we have sadness um, or feelings of being disappointed or let down um, or of missing people or of whatever it is from the past, we feel fearful of that happening again. Or we feel uncomfortable with experiencing the emotions of those past experiences that are rising up within us. So it is something unique and different to women. I really, really believe because we are different creatures. We do lead emotionally. That is by and large truth. So if you are child free by choice, you may be experiencing things with your birth family, your partner's family, your coworkers, um, your career, your personal growth. You may be experiencing just who knows if you are child free, not by choice, you may be experiencing the pain and the loss of that, or of not knowing if that's going to change for you. And if you have children, you are experiencing the feeling of, uh, wanting to provide, wanting to plan, wanting to experience or of not being able to do that in a different or in a way that you've normally done it or of wanting to consciously change the way that you're doing that and of that creating discomfort um, for your children, for you, for your partner, 
there are just so many feelings. There's so much to do regardless. There are presents to wrap. There are um, teachers to buy gifts and write notes for. There are holiday programs to attend. There are school projects to help with and to take part in. There are events with friends. There are holiday markets you want to go to. There are your normal exercise classes. There are clients to see. There are, I mean, I could go on, lines to stand in. There are Amy Grant songs playing on the radio nonstop everywhere you go that you have to try not to go postal around when you hear them again. There's so much. There's just so much. And we want to feel it and do it and experience it. How do you not when it's all around you? So you're trying to do it differently. I'm trying to do it differently. But I just want to say it is hard. So many emotions and so many expectations. And that is the golden goose nugget that I want to share with you today that I am feeling and learning about deeply. Expectations. Expectations. So we all have so many expectations in life. I have never done more thinking about expectations than I have this week. I knew that they were a thing. I know they exist. Um, I understand it conceptually, but it wasn't until a week ago that I pieced together, actually through receiving amazing coaching by a woman who um, coaches mothers. Her name is Michelle Woods. Um And it was about the idea of expectations that we place on ourselves and our children um, at this time of year, generally and in this time of year. And what I realized in this amazing session with her is that I am miserable because of my expectations. So I place expectations on things. And when I don't meet the expectations I set for myself, or I don't, let's see, if I don't meet the expectations I place for myself, or the expectations that I place on things or on experiences aren't met, then I am let down And I feel miserable. And it's all because of the expectations. And so expectations create misery. So if I can stop setting such high expectations for myself, for my children, for others, then I won't be as miserable or let down when they aren't met. Um... Yeah. And then Courtney told me this week this thing that she's learned. Um, and I've heard this before. 
too. Um, I feel like I may have seen it written down and, you know, when someone says something to you and you're like, oh yeah, now that makes sense to me for the first time. Expectations are the breeding ground for resentment. Isn't that brilliant? So if I'm creating expectations all the time and they aren't met, then I feel resentful. I feel resentful of myself. It could literally be anything. It could be like, Grace, I expect you to make it through the day without eating any sugar. Or Grace, I expect you to make it through seven days without getting irritated with your kids or raising your voice. Or um, kids, I expect you to um, brush your teeth every morning without my having to ask you five times. Whatever it is, that if I set these expectations and they aren't met by myself or anyone else, then I feel resentful. I feel miserable. The misery is palpable. It is awful. And um, yeah, and it's very real. And I just really hadn't pieced together until this week that expectations are such a huge, big, powerful, prominent presence in my life that guess what? I create. I create them. So here's one thing. Certain expectations are reasonable. And I was given great advice to write down the expectations that I have for my children and even for my husband and myself that are reasonable. Like for my kids, I expect you to let's say, wash your hands for dinner. I expect you to brush your teeth at night and in the morning. I expect you to get your backpack and your coat and get in the car for school the first time I ask you. How about I expect you to do things the first time I ask you and not the 10th time? I don't know if that's ever possible. I mean, does anyone else out there with children feel like that's possible? But the idea is to um, write down and set what my expectations are very reasonably um, or what those expectations are and share them with them. My kids actually may not really know what my expectations are of them and what my husband's are. Have we ever told them to them? I don't know. So that brings up another great point with my kids or anyone else. Number one, if I never share what my expectations are, is it fair for me to get upset, let down, frustrated, resentful, miserable if they don't meet them? Absolutely not. You know, I expressed to people recently that I felt um, let down by um, them not responding to something heartfelt that I had shared with them. And they were like, oh, sorry, like got it, received it, thought it was great, didn't respond. Sorry you were let down, didn't mean to hurt your feelings. And I said, thank you. And and then I, it got me thinking because every single thing that I experience in, in life gets me thinking. But that really led me to the realization about expectations because what I thought was, you know, that wasn't fair. Like I had expectations that I placed on them that they were to respond to this heartfelt thing I sent them that I'd written 
Um, and because I had expectations and they didn't do what I expected of them, I was let down, but they didn't know I had that expectation and they didn't need to meet that, you know? So the point is that the expectations that we set or that we place on other people and then get let down by, you know, it's not their fault. It doesn't mean that people can go around acting like assholes. But if you really stop and think, think about it, the things that you feel resentful about are expectations that you're setting that are not reasonable, that are not, that are not part of them just being like normal human beings moving through life. Um, they're not anything that they know of or are aware of. Um, it's reasonable to expect that people are going to treat you with kindness. You know, if someone treats you in an unkind way or, um, I don't know, basic human expectations, like I think are reasonable, but above and beyond that, that's stuff that you're creating that, that can't be met by other people or by yourself. And, and speaking to me and my own expectations of myself, is it reasonable to expect of myself that I'll go seven days without feeling frustrated with my kids to an extent that when I do, I'm so mad at myself. No. And furthermore, maybe I get even more frustrated with my kids. I know I do. Like this morning, I raised my voice and got super frustrated with court because I have unrealistic expectations of him. I asked him to do something that I fully expected that he should know how to do and what to do. And he didn't. And I got so mad and I, I was not nice. I told him he was rude and disrespectful. And as he said in the car today to me on the way to school, when we had great communication about it, because as I always say, like I may fail at parenting, but I follow it up immediately with love and really strong communication. And he said, you called me a B-R-A-T. And I was like, you're right. I did. And I'm sorry. I don't think you're a B-R-A-T. I just didn't appreciate your actions. But what I realized in that moment, I said to him is that you may not have known what you were supposed to do. And I expected that you knew that. And I'm sorry. And so what I'm realizing is that I need to set realistic expectations. I probably need to write them down. And I'm thinking that after school today, I'll even sit down with them and say, here are the basic things that like I expect of you and that daddy expects of you. Um, and beyond that, like we need to talk about it, but let's bring it back home guys to Christmas. We set such high expectations of ourselves and set them for our children and for um, our families and for life at Christmas and at the holidays. And it's very easy when they are not met to feel absolutely awful and miserable. And that feeling leads to the feeling of Christmas and the holidays being absolutely awful and completely sucking. And I don't want to say that it's easy to just 
decide today that Christmas and the holidays are not going to suck and be hard and be a breeding ground for expectations and for feeling let down um, or for feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, um, all the things. Um, But I do think there's room to grow and to learn and to approach things differently and to feel better. And so what I really want to leave you with is that I think that the way to do that, the best way to do that, the only way is to number one, stop and be more aware of what you're feeling in the moment. And two, create fewer expectations and realize when you are setting high expectations and when they need to be taken down a notch or removed. So for me, when my mood gets elevated and I feel super frustrated and I'm watching court do these things, for example, um, that make my blood boil, It's really on me as a parent, whether it's Christmas or not, to take a deep breath, step back and become aware of how I'm feeling and respond in a different way. Number one, that's my responsibility. But number two, to create fewer expectations and also make him aware or anyone else aware in my life. It's mostly my children, my husband, make them very aware of what my expectations are as long as they're within reason um, so that they know. And, um, yeah. So I'm learning so much about parenting. I'm learning 15 years in so much about my marriage. Um, both of these things take constant work and effort and, um, there can be constant growth and, um, it can, they can, I can do better. They can feel better. It's, it's, it's a process and it is about awareness. Um, so, all right. So I'm validating for you that the holidays suck, that they can feel better, that reduced expectations are a great way to go about that. Awareness, consciousness, taking a breath and being with the part of you that is always with you that doesn't need anything connect with that part of you and you can transcend those horrible feelings I am saying this to myself because I needed to do that this morning before I got super upset time with friends is a tincture it is a mood elevator It is self-care. It is a merrymaker, joy creator, soul filler. For me right now, it's truly one-on-one with friends. That's what it is. Truly one-on-one. Or very small groups. I just really need that. I find big groups extremely overwhelming right now. Um, And that is because I'm continuing to not drink and the holidays make me want to drink more and also just not just about drinking but just the heightened emotion anxiety all the feelings I'm feeling like I just find one-on-one connection better so you may find that too you may find that too try that out Um, make a coffee date with a friend old friend new friend 
someone you want to get to know, someone who really fills you up and doesn't deplete you. Um, We can feel like the holidays are a time to rescue people, take them in, take care of them. That can feel very depleting. So be mindful of taking those actions or not taking them. Um, And, you know, focus on the things that do make you really happy. When I think about the very simple things about the holidays that make me happy, it comes down to my tree, lights. I I literally started crying on Sunday talking about how Christmas lights make me happy. And they're free. You can drive around for free. And look at lights. I love that. I could do it every day. In fact, I may put my kids in the car tonight and go do that because it makes me so happy. Um... I really like watching Christmas movies with my kids bundled by the fire or with Maddie too. Like I, I just love watching Christmas movies by the fire. Um, I like decorating gingerbread houses and cookies. I did that. I also like eating them. I did a lot of that. So there are things about the holidays that do feel really, really good. And I'm very appreciative of that. And I'm appreciative that the holidays are a time when people do reach out to get together. And, um, there are all these sort of fun holiday bazaars around town where you go to see like fun little crafty things that people make. I love that shit. Like in a church basement. I don't know. I just love it. Um, and a couple things that, um, people have shared with me that have made me so so happy lately and have just made me the crown. Okay. Starting with the crown on Netflix, start it. If you haven't already, it's about the British monarchy. If you're not into the British monarchy, I get it. I've got another suggestion for you. Yes. I'm talking to you. I know who you are, who doesn't like the British monarchy. I get it. The crown for the rest of you Oh my God, it's so beautiful. And it's so interesting because it's about, it's historical and it, and so much of it is about American history as well. Um, and, and world history. Um, it's just brilliant and beautiful and I just love it. But I love London. I just love it all. Okay. The other side of that is that, um, my dear friend Vandy, thank you, Vandy, recommended the new Seth Meyers comedy special Lobby Baby to me. Oh my God. It's so funny. Watch it. Watch it. So good. Another show I just watched that um, was recommended to me is Mrs. Fletcher on Netflix. My friend told me it was really funny. So you may find it really funny. There are parts that are funny, but I also found it gut-wrenching because it's about a mom, a single mom, which I'm not, but a single mom who has one son um, and the son going away to college and like the heartbreak of that. And so it was a little bit like it made me cringe a little bit about the agony that she's experiencing about her son leaving um, because yeah, that just is like a scary point for me about them, them leaving in as much as like, I want them to be good and ready to, uh, leave the nest and succeed on their own. But anyway, Mrs. Fletcher, Seth Meyers, Lobby Baby, The Crown. Those three things are amazing. Um, Mrs. Fletcher really is an amazing show. I just don't know that I would describe it as funny. Um, 
and get ready for lots of sex in that show. Um, and then the other thing is, oh God, I mean, Bravo. I'm, I am leaning hard into my housewives right now and the bitch sesh podcast and my favorite stuff there. Oh, I know the other thing. Bravo. He's no longer on Bravo. It's on Sirius radio, but Jeff Lewis live. He has found redemption this year. He has transformed. He it's brilliant because he's, he, he was, he's an interior designer. He had a show on Bravo. He was a big fat jerk. He got left by his partner of 10 years. He has gone through this whole transformation this year, evolution. He has his therapist on all the time. He is so funny. He has owned all of his mistakes and it is a true story of like, transformation and redemption, but also just really like owning who you are. Cause he hasn't fully changed. Um, he's very funny. So Jeff Lewis, I've, I keep saying I've replaced my emotional eating and drinking with Jeff Lewis. Um, but I think the holidays are a good time for some emotional cookie eating and that is a okay. So guys, I'm leaving you now. I love you. You're just, you're doing great. And even if you're doing a shitty job, you're doing the best you can. It is not an easy time. As someone said to me this morning, it is December. It's December. Give yourself a break. Give yourself some grace, some space. Recognize that you're doing the best you can. And that may not be the best version of yourself. And that's okay. So try and take some time for yourself, even if it's 10 minutes. Um, I'm going to do that too, but I'm so glad to have been with you here today. Um, I have an hour before I can eat again, so I'm going to try not to be the meanest person on the planet until then. Um, thankfully I'm alone, so maybe I'll just drink some hot herbal tea. That would be very satisfying. Um, and yeah, just sending you big love. Have a great weekend and I'll be back with you soon. Bye. Happy holidays.